to Dear Reader, a book talk show featuring chatty librarians bringing you reading recommendations and a whole lot of book loving. I'm Justine Hanna, here with my fellow librarian and bibliophile Natalie Mason, and we're coming to you from Melbourne Library Service. Hi, Justine. Hi, Natalie. How are you doing today? I'm great. My heart is full. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Do you oh, want to know why? I do. Tell me all. Okay, because today we're talking about romantic reads. Ooh la la. I know. We're joined <laughs> by our very dear colleague, Katia. Welcome to Dear Reader today. Oh, hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in, Katya. Well, how's your heart? Oh, beating like <laughs> like a drum. <laughs> in a romantic way, right? Oh, uh, I don't know. Nervousness. Oh, <laughs> no let's, need. Let's put it down to romance. Okay. Yes, let's. Stick to yeah. the theme. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love that we're talking about romance today. You read a bit of romance, do you? I do, I do, and I think it's um, it's something that more people should admit to. <laughs> Katia, do you read a bit of romance? I read quite a bit of romance, yeah. Um, and again, it's something that I think that, yeah, a lot of people don't admit to. It's done secretly. Or... Why? Oh, I think we all know why. But uh... I don't know why. <laughs> I think there's like an element of embarrassment to it, like you're reading something that you shouldn't be reading. I think those covers are somewhat to blame sometimes. mm the sexy covers. Yeah. Are they like the half-naked Fabios? Yeah, But isn't sometimes. that like stereotypical romance? Not all romance is like that, surely. It's not, and that's the thing that, you know, we want to tell our readers today. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get started, we want to remind you, our listeners that you can download Dear Reader episodes at SoundCloud and iTunes by searching for Melbourne Library Service and subscribing. Now, all the books that we mention on our show will be listed in our uh, Goodreads show notes. And I think that we have so many books to talk about today, we might not get to them all. So I think our show notes will be explosive with lists and lists and lists of books that we would recommend that you uh, check out when you're feeling romantic. And maybe even, li- yeah, lists of lists. Yeah. <laughs> Sublists. Sublists. We love lists. We do We're love librarians. a list, don't we? <laughs> Um, you can find the, our link to our Goodreads page and our show notes and past episodes as well on our website at www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au on the Read page. All right, Justine, you're a romantic. I know this about you. <laughs> Why don't you start us off today and talk about some romance? I will. I am a bit of a romantic and, you know, I don't mind me a good old cliche. It's usually a reason why something's become a cliche. I also love my genre and uh, I my first pick for uh, this episode is the series called it's a series called His Fair Assassin it's by Robin Lafevers and the first book is called Grave Mercy I love this series so much it came out in 2012 and it is a historical fantasy which involves young women raised by nuns to be assassins what is not to love about that sounds romantic so far (laughs) I'm totally with you oh there's all like there's a romantic bit in there but I mean these women kick butt they're not whinging and waiting for some man to save them, but they're actively shaping their own destinies, and I adore that. The novels are set in an alternate realm of Brittany, where the local gods have been subsumed by Christianity and renamed saints. The old ways live on, however, especially among the daughters of Saint Mortain, who serve as the realm's assassins, killing those who need to be killed. In the first book, Grave Mercy, 17-year-old Ismay escapes from the brutality of an arranged marriage into the sanctuary of the convent of Saint Mortain, where the sisters still serve the gods of old. Here she learns that the god of death himself has blessed her with dangerous gifts and a violent destiny. If she chooses to stay at the convent, she'll be trained as an assassin and serve as a handmaiden to death. To claim her new life, she must destroy the lives of others. 
Her most important assignment takes her straight into the High Court of Brittany, where she finds herself woefully underprepared, not only for the deadly games of intrigue and treason, but for the impossible choices she must make. For how can she deliver death's vengeance upon a target who, against her will, has stolen her heart? It's so funny. Like, seriously, it's, there's great characters in, in this series, um, loads of political intrigue, and you can tell the author has done her research. The world just pops, you know. It is this world of Brittany, and, uh, yeah, I just absolutely love it. So that's his fair assassin series. The first book is Grave Mercy, and it's by Robin Lafevers. So, Katya, I know you're a big fan of genre romance as well. Mm-hmm. What is your pick for... Our romantic reads. Um, well, I think when you asked me to come on the show today, I was thinking about like what led me to read romances to begin with. And is it a romantic story? I hope uh, it's a romantic story. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, I was one of those kids that um, would read like heaps. I read like Dolly romances yep. and um, mm-hmm. Sweet Melly High. Did you sweet, read Sweet Melly oh, High? High. Memories. And <laughs> any any book as a teenager which had a love story in it, I was on it. But I went to a Catholic like girls school and I had the impression a distinct impression that stuff was being hidden from me or restricted from me Ah. I was being censored so um that's where my local library came in so each Saturday I'd walk myself down to the local library and see what I could find there like the adult books the books which um my school library had you know removed from the collection or never purchased to begin with um but so, like, one of the, the first books which one of my teachers rec- recommended to me was Gone with the Wind. And it's not necessarily, like, um, dizzying um, content there that's explicit or anything, but it was the story, like, these two amazing lead characters in Rhett and Scarlet that just captured my imagination. And it, a lot of people argue that it's not technically a romance. It's... Um, what are they talking about? Yeah, because, yeah, like, like it's it doesn't necessarily fit the genre of romance. So where you've got certain structure and storylines... Sure, agreed. Um, Yes, like the couple doesn't end up together in the end, which is is something which I think like those um, archetypes and um, structural elements to a romance genre fiction book, um, which is uh, like missing from from Gone with the Wind. It has a diff- It has a more general romance to it. Um, but it has so much more. It does. Like it has there's, 800 there's pages the civil more. war going on. <laughs> exactly. It is a historical romance yeah, in essence, absolutely. but it's not actually following, like you're saying, those structural elements, yeah. which is interesting. So like, it's like how, how do you define a romance? How do you def- What is it in your head that, or to each person, isn't romance a little bit different or like different archetypes appeal to different people? So you can have your lead um Prince Charming kind of character with, you know, rustled black hair or a burly chest and then sometimes you've got like this quiet lead male which is like the the pastor or um, the rector or something like that. Mm. Mm. And I know, uh, Natalie, you're a fan of that kind of like less of the genre romance, more of the open, broader sort of love romance. Oh, yeah. yeah. Romance and love to me are not the same thing. Mm. Um, just on Gone with the Wind, absolutely oh, yeah. loved it. Saw the movie first mm. and then read the book, and the book is so amazing. I actually wish so I'd done I it the, the other way around. I, yeah, I did it the opposite way around. So it was my um, it was the, this, the summer when I turned 17 and we were at the beach and I distinctly remember my mum my telling me, like, what are you doing reading a book? Like, 
like, we've got the sun, you've got the beach, <laughs> and you're there reading a book. But I wanted to know what happened to Scarlett. I wanted to know. And she's one of those strong female characters. She doesn't rely on men to, to you know, for, save her. to save her. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, she's got her own... Um, uh, what do I want to say? Agenda. Agenda, Agenda yeah. in marrying them. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Yeah. yeah, and she's so she's smart but stupid as well. Like mm-hmm. she's smart in a lot of ways, but stupid when it comes to that emotional side of things. Mm-hmm. And I think that that also resonates with a lot of people. And Rhett is the you know the bad boy like main main character. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think he's if it was fabulous. set now, he'd have a motorbike and a leather jacket. He totally would, <laughs> wouldn't he? Yeah, yes. he would. Yeah, yeah. Margaret Mitchell. Oh. Love it. Mm. I read my mum's version of that. It was and it had, was green. I just remember the cover was green. Or Mine's the... red and it's like Bible pages. Like oh, yeah. super thin. Yeah. That's mm. how they put eight hundred yeah. pages in yeah. a, <laughs> a format you can carry. <laughs> so I mentioned earlier that romance and love are different to me. I think of romance as being really early on. It's sort of courtship and it's falling in love and it's very. There's it involves gestures, dates, and gifts and it's very um, demonstrative and visible but I think love is like enduring and invisible and it's always under the surface and I also think that love can be between you know siblings it can be between parents and children it can be between friends um, between pets or between me and my pets, mm-hmm. that's love. Probably not the romantic kind. Well, yeah. no, not ro- this is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. That's love. And mm-hmm. love and romance are different in my world, certainly in my reading world, mm. I guess. And so the first book I want to talk about is a book about love. I don't think of it as a romantic book, although there are romantic parts. It's called The History of Love by Nicole Krauss. It was released in 2005. And I credit this book um, for making me fall in love with reading again. I think it was a book that became the catalyst of me visiting libraries and then me falling in love with books and reading and then going on to study um, library studies and become a librarian. So this book for me is like the start of a wonderful time in my life. And I think it's still one of my favourite books, even though I first read it some years ago. (laughs) All right, here's the good stuff. 14-year-old Alma Singer is trying to find a cure for her mother's loneliness. Believing she might discover it in an old book that her mother is lovingly translating, she sets out in search of the author. Uh, Across New York, an old man called Leo Gursky is trying to survive just that little bit longer. He's spending his days dreaming of the lost love who, 60 years ago in Poland, inspired him to write a book. And although he doesn't know it yet, the book did survive. It crossed oceans and generations, and along the way it has been changing lives. So in this book, there are three main narrators and they're essentially telling one story, but each from their own perspective. And none of them really know that the other one exists yet. They piece together the story for us with photos and letters and manuscripts and translations of manuscripts and drawings and obituaries. There's lots of research and uncovering bits of information along the way. A great mystery unravels across the book. And as the reader, we sometimes will know more than some of the narrators. So we're in that really privileged position as readers. The book is clear. And yet, the different story threads take us back in time and to different places, but they all weave towards one another. And the end result is a really charming story about love and identity, surviving loss, and so much more. It's written in different voices, so you get the main love story throughout the book. You get a smattering of historical fiction, some insightful teenage diary type writing. One of the narrators is 14, so you get that kind of different voice in there. There's a bit of reflective memoir from the older narrator and the investigation that kind of pieces all of these parts together. It's a book about a book, and yet all of the characters are writers and 
many of them are avid, active readers in the book. On rereading, you already know how the story weaves together, but you get to spot all of those threads early on. And it kind of makes it more magical every time I dip back into this book. And the audiobook is a treat. And yet... Uh, one quote from the book, oh, there's so many. She's such a quotable author, Nicole Krauss. She really is. One quote. Once upon a time, there was a boy who loved a girl and her laughter was a question he wanted to spend his whole life answering. Oh. Yeah, right? How's your heart? That's Did romance. it do a little tremble? <laughs> That's romance, yes. But he's telling this story six years later and that, my friend, is love. Mm. The history of love. Nicole Krauss. <laughs> I feel like we should clap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it silently because it might upset the microphones. Justine, you're next. My next uh, is actually the first um, the first romance novel I ever read, I think. The first true genre romance novel I ever read. It's actually the first in the Sinster series by Stephanie Lawrence, um, and it's called Devil's Bride. I was actually leaving the library one day and needed a book for the train ride home, and I just grabbed anything which came to hand. I'm not even sure why I picked this one. I just literally grabbed it and went. Um, better any book than no book on a train, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm super glad I picked this one up. Um, it sparked my love for well-written historical romances, which I still have to this day, but I do stress the well-written bit. There's a, there's a lot of terribly written stuff out there, unfortunately and sometimes it's very hard to find the the good stuff from the dross. Um, Stephanie Lawrence also was born in Sri Lanka, but at age five her family upstakes and moved permanently to Melbourne, Australia, where they've remained ever since. She did all her schooling in Melbourne, finished university with a PhD in biochemistry, then moved with her husband to London, and then after five years in in London and travelling around Europe, she returned to Australia and discovered that all the books that she had loved in England and in in Europe, and she was very much inspired by Georgette Heyer, um, were not here in Australia and there was a total lack of books in the romance department so she decided to write her own as you do I'm really glad she did though (laughs) um so the Sinster series, the first six books deal with the stories of the six cousins known to the Tun, which is the highest sort of aristocratic families. They're known as the Bar Sinster. Subsequent books deal with other members of the Sinster family, extended family and close friends. And there's a lot of them and she's still writing today. Uh, these books all contrast the gracious and elegant manners of the aristocracy, which merely form a wafer-thin facade with strong and dominant male emotions such as possessiveness and protectiveness. The affinity of such warrior males for strong-willed women and the ability of their chosen ladies to exact complete and unswerving commitment to themselves, to marriage and to family forms the central tenet of the series. And all the Sinister novels are Regency-era historicals set in England and Scotland. Devil's Bride, the first in the series, is still one of my favourites. It was written in 1998, which I had no idea, Um, but it's full of strong women, powerful men, danger, love and laughter. The later books personally aren't as well written for my for, to my mind but I still keep reading them because Steffi Lawrence still keeps writing them and some of them really do come back to that level of, of, of writing that I require um, and there's just so many of them and they, they go down through the family and there's more coming and mm-hmm. I'm so excited by them. Um, Devil's Bride is just really fun and I love the fact that the women are so strong and the men are drawn to them because of that strength and the women know that to, the, the men basically have to admit that they are in love with the women um, before the, you know, so the women basically rule and the men are so terrified of being so vulnerable <laughs> as to say that they're in love and, oh, and it's great. And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in there as well that I'm not going to mention. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Do, do you think that um, part of the reason, you know, why there, there are so many series 
in terms of romance novels is because of all that effort that goes into the world building. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, it, it you know, there's so much research being done here and it is just a fabulous series. And, yeah, the world building, because there, there is... That world exists, existed, I suppose, is, is more appropriate to say. And you can research it and you know what actually happened. So these are like the stories around those main history stories that you get in the history novels. This is sort of, yeah, the world building around that. And uh, and it's just Stephanie Lawrence does a wonderful job of it. And I definitely recommend The Insta series by Stephanie Lawrence. Katya? You have something else to talk about. I do. I've sometimes struggled to pick a good romance because, like you, like Justine was saying a minute ago, like there's so much out there that it's hard to refine down to what's a good romance, what's a a romance that you just read quickly and get rid of. Romances sometimes don't stay with you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like because they're because of that the elements of that genre where you've got these repetitive features. Um, they're formulas, essentially. They're formulas, mm. yeah, but there are ways to break the formula. Um, and so I, um, I've i been reading off a list. I like lists. We were talking about lists earlier. <laughs> we love lists. Um, we'll put the list up. <laughs> yeah, so about a year ago I came across NPR's Top 100 Swoonworthy Romances. Swoonworthy. Swoonworthy. I love yeah. that word. And yeah. I do like that word. It's like swoon. <laughs> we're doing actions, yeah, in, actions. in the room. Hand to forehead. Um, So I've slowly been working my way through that because I figure it's a list that romance readers have voted on and this is what people enjoy in romance. Um, Mostly it's been reliable. It's been a pretty good list to work from. Um, And one of the books which I've taken from that list is, let me see, Not Quite a Husband by Sherry Thomas. And Sherry Thomas is one of those authors that I'm so glad that I've found um, because she actually breaks the structure of a typical Mm. romance novel. Um, She starts at a point where the couple have actually broken up and then slowly the two um, narratives of when they first met and their sort of reunion um, come together um, Mm. as they reunite, I guess. Mm. Um, Like a second romance. Yeah, like a second romance within the the first romance and they sort of join um, again, which I think is a really nice way. And she also has um, really strong female characters. Her books are set at the turn of the 20th century, so there's sort of a more women's um, occupations, people are going into more work. So there's a a doctor in Not Quite a Husband and she's amazing like as a lead character Um, and her husband sort of has to woo her all over again because she's run away from him. Oh, lovely. I do Mm. like those, um, yeah, those stories that uh, there's a story within a story as well. So you know what's going to happen. I mean, it's a romance Yeah, you know where it's leading. You know where it's going. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you're figuring out like, well, with Sherry Thomas, it's like you're figuring out why they broke up in the first place and where the mistakes were made and then they both have to come to a realisation that they've each individually made a mistake somewhere or misread situations um, before they come to back together. Yeah, mm, Lovely. Mm. I like a flip on the head kind of genre. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I think it's clever. Yeah, and a lot of more, I guess, a lot of more recent um, romances do that. There are strong female protagonists. They're 
working, they're they're not just waiting for a husband mm, <laughs> to come yeah. along. Those are my least favorite romances. Yeah. I actually don't bother reading. If I realize yeah. that's what it is, I'm like, oh, it's mm. just no, no, I'm not. I'm not reading that. I want the strong female characters, and I think that's an important thing about the romance genre in the in the genre fiction side of it. But I think also in what you're talking about with that that other sort of broader love romance sort of style as well, yeah. that the women are strong characters, that they are agents of their own destinies, I guess, is the term um, to use. Not Quite a Husband by Sherry Thomas. Natalie, you have another wonderful read for us, I'm sure. I do. It's a short review, but the book's short, so they kind of go hand in hand. (laughs) Um, I read recently and just loved part of love, Uh right? It's called (laughs) Our Souls at Night by Kent Haroof. Do you know much about, do either of you know much about this book? I've seen it, but I haven't read it. Sorry, it was the final book that Kent Haroof wrote. Um, He wrote it while he was dying of cancer. So he knew he was dying and he knew this would be his last book. He passed away in November 2014 and the book was published in early 2015. So it was published after he died. He dedicated it to his wife. He wrote it for her, his final book. So that's heartbreaking, which mm. is not, oh, it's romantic. Isn't it, it terribly is. romantic? It's true. But yep. it's not very, like, uplifting. But let me tell you about this book, which I just adore. Does it have to be uplifting to be a romance? I don't know. I don't think so. No. Because oh, I love books about tragedy, so <laughs> I think that this one fits perfectly for me, but um, I'm shoehorning it into romance. Um, all right, let me tell you about the book. Addie Moore visits her neighbour, Louis Waters, with a request. Uh, They're both in their 70s, they're both widowed, and they both live alone. Addie asks Louis if he'd consider sharing her bed with her because the nights are terribly lonely and she has no one to talk to. Here's a quote from the book. I'm talking about getting through the night, she says, and lying warm in bed, companionably, lying down in bed together and you staying the night. The nights are the worst, don't you think? Yes, I think so, he says. Heart explosion, right? (laughs) So what follows from there is a very sweet romance as Addie and Louis spend time together as companions, as friends, and ultimately as romantics. Mm. It's a reminder to all of us that romance is not just for the young. I was going to say, so is there a lot of anticipation in that relationship building? Um, I think what's... What's more in that story is about how people can fill gaps in your life without necessarily having to be attracted to each other and then calling each other and then courting each other. This is happening at a stage in their lives where they know that that's, that kind of stuff is behind them and now they just don't want to be alone. But what sizzles and sparks in them is all of that romantic courtship, all of that stuff they thought they were behind that was behind them, they begin to um, rekindle their romantic natures and they're terribly romantic because they're so old-fashioned about it, (laughs) which I loved because it's set now but these are 70-year-olds so they're going back to a time when they were courting and when the rules of courtship were, you know, more for formal. me, it's rose-coloured yeah. glasses and, <laughs> yeah, and more formal, that's right. Um, you know, and there's tension and their families yeah. get involved because it's a really unconventional way to spend time. I, but I think tension is a really big element of romance. Absolutely. Any, any romantic novel and sometimes the stretching out of that tension in the novel is more satisfactory than the actual moment when they kiss or when they lightly brush their fingers against each other or something just minor. It's the holding hands in this book that undoes me. Mm -hmm. 
lying in bed and holding hands. The emotional aspect of it. That's romance. Mm. But it's also love. Justine. Uh, Well, um, we're going to talk about now what we're either reading at the moment or are going to read next. So, Katya. Okay. Do you know, do you have an item, that you, a book that you would like to tell us about? Yes. Um, so I am currently reading Fight Like a Girl by Clementine Ford, um, which, is, um, which is sort of like her feminist manifesto of, you know, encouraging girls to rise up and stand, for, stand up for themselves. Um, she, there's a concept in here which um, really speaks to me and it's the idea of um, feeling like nothing like the nothingness that comes with being a girl like you you yourself can't be validated in society unless you have a man to recognize your beauty or claim you somehow which has made it a really interesting um week for me to be reading this balance between romance fiction where well, that is quite often the thing <laughs> yes, that you well, are a chattel that's right mm. and this other idea of um being um, valued just for who you are. I, d- I don't necessarily think the the concept of that contradicts with romance so much because because when I'm ta- I talk about like being a romance reader and I think that is that you know you should be allowed to read whatever you want. So if that's if that's what you like reading, then I shouldn't be restricted by no, ideas. I don't, I don't of, think ro- so, reading romances is an anti-feminist stance. I don't think that's how. Especially that goes. not a lot of them are incredibly feminist, actually, and the yeah. women re- reject that i the mm-hmm. idea of being claimed or being chattel um, or being yeah. you know, only validated by their husband or, or or the man in their life. So yeah. I think that that th- complements mm-hmm. each other. Those two books, but I think that that's something that's changed over time mm-hmm. as. Um, yeah, as we have, as as I guess we we enforce our rights more frequently, and um, yeah, even though there's a long way to go. <laughs> so, yeah. so true. I love Fight Like a Girl. It's just mm-hmm. a fabulous read. It made me angry, and I was happy to be angry. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I loved it so much. I loved it too. <laughs> oh, oh, did you read it? Well. That's like three, <laughs> three wow. for Fight Like a Girl, mm-hmm. dear dear listeners. Yeah. Uh, Natalie, what are you either reading now or going to read next? Um, I'm reading The Bricks That Built the Houses by Kate oh. Tempest. And I think, I'm only halfway through, but I think it's building to a love triangle. I think that's where we're getting. I think it's a brother and a sister both in love with the same woman. I think. I don't know. Not there yet. But I get the feeling that's where it's going. I read it and I did not like it. Who boy. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm, I'm a Did you get to the end? I read the whole thing. Am I right? I don't want to tell you anything. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. Don't, don't put that on me. Oh, I just want to know if, it, if, <laughs> if my prediction is true. Um, it, look, it, I found it incredibly boring, so I don't even really remember a lot of it. I Holy did not like it moly. at all. I liked the way it was written to start off with because it's written in that very much spoken word, which she's very well known for, yep. that spoken word poetry kind of way. But then I got, I got bored. So, yeah, I read it all and I went, eh. What are you reading now? <laughs> Change the topic. Uh, so I'm actually about to start reading Sweet Bitter by Stephanie Damler. Um, apparently it is a lush, thrilling debut set in the wild, alluring world of a famous downtown New York restaurant. Um, and it says here that there is a darkly alluring love triangle in it, so it fits as well with our romantic reads. Does that mean I was right there's a love triangle in the Kate Tempest book? I don't know. Uh, I love, I <laughs> I'm love not a triangle. I was so a close. Triangle. I'm not telling. So close um, to getting her out of her, but <laughs> no, no jewels? Won't. No, no, not as far as I know. But um, <laughs> What? 
I Any love, bodice ripping? I, I, I don't know. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> ne- never too little. The poor bodices. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. They must be seamstresses and all their job is to just re-stitch a bodice <laughs> yeah. that's been ripped. <laughs> anyway, it sounds like really interesting. I love the uh, concept of, um, I, I, you know, I used to work in hospitality. I love the idea of someone going from their mundane life and, and suddenly getting into a job at a renowned restaurant and having to figure out the, the world of, of that, you know, that back back of house, front of house kind of life. Um, and the awakening of appetites, which I think is really interesting for food and wine, but also for knowledge and friendship and potentially love. So, yeah, that's Sweet Bitter by Stephanie Danler. Nice. Well, uh, that's our show. Thank you so much, Katya, for joining us today. No worries. It was a pleasure to have you. Um, You can read our show notes, including a list of the books we discussed on our Goodreads page, which you can find on our website at www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au and on the Read page. And we'd also love you to tell us what you've been reading, romantic or otherwise. You can tweet us at melblibrary, that's M-E-L-B-L-I-B-R-A-R-Y, with the hashtag Dear Reader, or join the conversation on Goodreads. Don't forget you can download... Dear Reader episodes, past and present, at SoundCloud or iTunes. Simply search for Melbourne Library Service. The groovy music on our program is by Ben Mason. Check out more of his music at www.benmason.com.au. And until next time, dear reader, thanks for listening.